Good afternoon, church family. I greet you once again in the name of Jesus Christ for our second part uh, in the Mothers and Daughters of the Bible Speak, part two in the book of Ruth this afternoon. It is good to be with you. Let me open up with a word of prayer and we will get into our second half uh, in this great book. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God, we uh, put prayer to our time together. Lord, what a blessing it is, Lord, to be uh, in ministry in this way, to get the gospel out, Lord, to uh, the church, to the community, to the body of believers uh, in this way. Bless, Lord, our time. Bless uh, this book uh, of Ruth, Lord, and the uh, powerful truth that is here for all. Lord, uh, from start to finish, we glorify your name. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Okay, let's uh, pick up with uh, <clears throat> chapter 2 in uh, the book of Ruth. What I'd like to do, uh, church, is pick up with verse 1 where Ruth uh, meets Boaz. I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse Nine. Please follow along if you uh, have your text in front of you here. Chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, it says, There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elamech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth, the Moabitress, said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him, in whose sight I have found favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elamech. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant, who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? So the servant, who was in charge of the reapers, answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Verse 8, Then Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men to not touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Let me stop there here. So in this meeting between Ruth and Boaz here, 
Shannon Bream has has some insight that I, I, I found uh, quite interesting that I wanted to share. This is uh, from page 41 uh, of her book, and, and I quote here, When we see the name uh, Lord, L-O-R-D, in the New Testament, most often in small letters, small capital letters, that is, as Lord, we are seeing not a translation of the original Hebrew word, but a substitution for it. The word that lies behind Lord, in quotes, is the Hebrew word best rendered in English as Y-H-W-H, in caps. And sometimes we see English English approximations of that as Yahweh or Jehovah. The word God is not specific to the people of Israel. After all, all of the nations around them had gods, and in the sense of a generic word. Egypt had gods, Canaan had gods, Moab had gods. Every place had its own unique god or gods, but the name Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, or Jehovah, is the personal name of Israel's God, a name so holy, so revered, and so specific that even to speak it aloud came to be seen over the centuries as a sign of disrespect. This practice is still followed by devout Jews of all sorts today. And the personal name of God is translated as Adonai, meaning my Lord, or just as Lord, as in most Christian translations. She goes on to say, why is this important? Because Ruth used the specific name of God, the name of Naomi's God, of Israel's God, when she told Naomi that she would not leave her. Ruth had already told her that Naomi's God would be her God, using the generic name for any deity. But then she said, May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. And that's from Ruth 1.17. The word that she used there, Lord, is the word Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, in all caps. She invoked the very name of God as only a devout Jew would do. And in doing so, Ruth made it clear that she was joining herself not just to Naomi, but also to the people of Israel, a devoted daughter of both Naomi and the God of Israel. All of this is important because it places God at the center of the relationship between Ruth and Naomi. So I, I, I wanted to mention that as kind of laying the uh, foundation here um, to, to what now I want to transition to um, in the scripture that I just read. This comes from page 43 in Miss Brain's book. And I quote here, she says, The very first thing we hear Boaz say is the name of God. He greeted the men working for him with a blessing. 
showing us that he was a man who carried God with him into his daily life and work. There you go. A witness, a powerful presence there. Watch, too, the way that Boaz honored Ruth in the way that he first addressed her. The men in the fields might have dismissed her as just a Moabite. But Boaz knew better. He knew that Ruth was a daughter of Israel and his own relation through Naomi. As a man of faith, Boaz fulfilled the command of Scripture to care for the stranger by extending generously, or generous excuse me, hospitality to her. Ruth may have been both surprised and curious about why Boaz was so kind and protective of her. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground, and she asked him, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? And that's from Ruth 2.10. Boaz didn't see her question as an opportunity to brag about a godly person that he was. Instead, he shone the spotlight on Ruth and the humble, devout daughter of Israel that she was. So, that that got me thinking uh, a minute uh, about you know the the, the spotlight here. I, I think all too often in the society uh, that that we live, we like to cling to that spotlight, right? Christians do, Facebook Christians do, preachers do, Facebook preachers do. That 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 spotlight, wow, what a what a moment. You've got all eyes on you, but let me ask you something at the end of the day, is it about you? Is it about you being in the spotlight? Scripture has plenty to say about humility, having a humble spirit, living a humble life. As a matter of fact, the humble, in fact, wear the crown of victory, Scripture says. So there's there's something about taking the spotlight, the presence, the uh, eyes off of you and making it not about you, but about the gospel of Jesus Christ, making it about the Word of God, making it about, again, a witness here, a profound witness I'm seeing is just a reoccurring theme here in this book of of Ruth that we're reading from. So let me now move to another text that I wanted to mention here, and it comes from Ruth 4. Ruth 4, verses 13 through 17. Ruth 4, verses 13 through 17. I'm going to read that for us. And it says this, So Boaz took Ruth, And she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative, and may his name be famous in Israel. 
and may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and lay him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Also the neighbor women gave him a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. So we are uh, putting now together that uh, Davidic family tree that leads us to Jesus Christ, who of course is a, a part of the tree of Jesse, a part of uh, the tree uh, of David here. Uh, just a couple of things to uh, close us out here that I uh, thought were uh, profound and, and moving about the, the latter part of this uh, book here uh, from Ruth. Two things here. And I quote on page 52, There are two things that we should note about this beautiful ending to the story of Ruth and Naomi. Because it started tragic, right? It started with a, a, a major uh, crash, a, a major uh, tragedy here. Um, listen to this. The first is the presence of faith. Naomi's from the beginning, and then Ruth's by deliberate choice. It anchored their relationship and kept their eyes firmly on the God of Israel, the truest Redeemer. The gift of a son for Ruth was rightly ascribed as a gift from the Lord, and these blessings had their origin in God. The second thing to note is Naomi's relationship to her precious grandson, Obed. When the Bible tells us that Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him, that's Ruth 4, 16, that doesn't mean just that she did all of the things a loving grandmother would do. Obed was the continuation of the line of Elamach, something Naomi had probably feared was lost forever. Naomi had lost her husband and her two sons, but this newborn son provided what she may have given up on a long time ago, the family legacy and fresh hope. Ruth and Naomi's bond united them so profoundly, so powerfully, and so completely that the joys of one became the joys of the other. Love changes things. But the biggest thing it transforms is us. Ruth and Naomi were sustained through life's darkest hours by their devotion to each other. They were different people from distinct places and backgrounds, but their love united them on a fundamental level. Naomi has a son, proclaimed the woman of Bethlehem in joy, but we know God provided that miracle which would echo through the generations by first providing Naomi a treasured gift when she needed it most. A dollar. A dollar. So, uh, I, I, what I found particularly uh, poignant here that I wanted to uh, mention is how uh, these 
uh, two ladies, these two biblical uh, heroes, really um, saw in one another and used one another for strength, for devotion. Uh, and and I, I, I just want to simply ask you, do you find that and see that and glean that from uh, your own friends? And do your friends, are they able to encourage that and glean that uh, from you? There's a powerful bond here. You know, so many of the bonds of the friendships uh, that are, are in today's society are absolutely toxic. Uh, so it, it, it's really quite moving, quite a testimony when you've got this bond between husband and wife, between two male friends, between two female friends, uh, that that really helps to build and encourage and lift one another up and, and, and fill one another with abundant life. Are, are you doing that in your own relationships you know that that you have that's that's vitally vitally key here something that uh, that I've taken from this uh, relationship between Ruth and Naomi sure you know you're gonna have differences can you work that out can you uh, practice the art of the disagreement uh, with life comes compromise absolutely these two ladies certainly had to do a lot of uh, compromising here but ultimately they were feeding and gleaning from one another and, and it became this this strong bond not a toxic relationship so I'm gonna leave it uh, for there uh, there for uh, this day and uh, tell you about uh, our next section here that I'd like to move into for next week. We're going to be looking at uh, Elizabeth and Mary. Elizabeth, of course, being the mother of John the Baptist, Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ. Two scriptures here that I want to give you. The prophet Malachi chapter 4 and the gospel of Luke chapter 1 beginning with verse 5 through verse 80 through verse 80 so we will pick up there and go through uh, this chapter and um, probably split it into uh, two parts there that way we can go into uh, some detail uh, in this text and uh, the words from uh, Shannon Brain. So, church, let me uh, pray for us, and then we will uh, close our time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God, your word speaks just as the mothers and daughters of your word continue uh, to speak to us today. So use, Lord, your word. Use these biblical heroes, Lord, to always be that messenger, to always be that vessel by which, Lord, we can live our lives and be guided by and be strengthened by and find the way to hope and healing and salvation that is in Jesus Christ. In all of this, we ask in the Lord and Savior's name. Amen. Church, have a wonderful day. Take care, and I will see you next week.